Hey guys, this is the Morbid Horror Podcast, and today I'm here with Eric Stanzi of Wicked Pixel Cinema, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hello, this is Eric Stanzi. How's it going, Brandon? Pretty good. How about you? Hanging in there, doing well. Yeah, these are for sure some uh, crazy times, that's that's for sure. <laughs> that is an understatement. <laughs> All right, yeah, so I just got this uh, list of questions here. Um, we can just start at uh, number one and just knock them down if that's cool with you. Let's do it. Awesome. And a uh, question that I always, first question I usually always ask everybody who I talk to is, um, what got you into the horror genre? Uh, I was in grade school. I was more of a science fiction kid and uh, I was into, you know, Star Wars and on TV it was, uh, I think I was into like Battlestar Galactica and uh, Buck Rogers and that kind of stuff. But then when I was maybe nine or ten, I was spending the night at a friend's house, and on late night TV there was um, they they showed The Blob, the original The Blob, and they showed Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and I was just fascinated. And from that point on, I was hooked. And while I still enjoy science fiction films to this day, uh, that was pretty much the beginning of my fascination with the horror genre. And then that just grew and grew and grew over the years. Awesome. And uh, at what age did you uh, realize that you wanted to take on filmmaking? I guess the question is, what age did you start making your own films? Mm. I I was probably uh, I was probably like twelve when it first started to get into my mind that I'd like to try making movies. Uh, it was maybe around the age of fourteen, fifteen that I was active actively trying to do it, and I was like, you know, grabbing the uh eight millimeter film camera from my parents closet and making short films with my friends and uh i remember around that age i was <clears throat> planning to borrow like a video camera because not everybody had those at the time but i was planning on borrowing one because i had this idea of oh i'm gonna make a slasher film like a feature-length slasher film and i'll shoot it all on my you know buddy's dad's camcorder type of thing and that that didn't uh that ne never happened, I think, because the, uh, the the parent who owned the camera just ended up saying, "Yeah, I'm not going to trust my camera to a bunch of kids." Uh, but it was that it was that age that I started to think, "Oh, maybe I could try to do this." And then I I think it was you know a year or two later I was it was when I was you know renting stacks of horror movies from the mom and pop video store that I I was watching like Evil Dead and uh, Toxic Avenger and I think it was Friday the 13th and Dawn of the Dead these movies that were not made within that Hollywood 
studio system and uh, realizing well you don't need that hollywood studio system to make movies which you know that at that age uh you kind of think of just you know movies they just are big budget studio pictures that come out of hollywood and just seeing these movies like don't look in the basement from sf brown rig these these films that were made completely outside of the system all the you know the george romero stuff it was like even more inspiration to to try to do this on my own and so i just kind <clears> of <throat> kept at it with the you know making the amateur shorts through high school with my friends and just trying to work on it you know i had no real experience or or any kind of like i didn't have any sort of like you know mentor who was already in the film industry who could show me the ropes i had to kind of like figure it out on my own and so it was a lot of years of uh you know shooting things and then going now why the hell doesn't that look like i had it in my head where where do i where do i put the lights so that it doesn't look like garbage and 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 that kind of thing but i'm glad that i stuck with it um you know because it eventually uh led to making uh you know more quasi-professional or professional feature-length films and it led to uh just i guess uh, a determination to make it work and to keep figuring things out and to keep learning from my mistakes and and uh you know with each movie get to the next level awesome and um are there any uh, filmmakers in specific that inspired you to get involved in filmmaking when i was younger i think the biggest one was george romero and then as I, uh, you know, through the years, as far as like the horror stuff goes, it was, you know, Cronenberg became a big influence. And then uh, I really got into Mario Bava films then. And then, uh, you know, now and then like in more recent years, as in more, more like, you know, 10 years ago, uh, it'd be filmmakers like David Lynch, uh, David Fincher and Denis Villeneuve, uh, people who are, aren't necessarily, you know, rooted in the horror genre, but make interesting work that I find inspiring. Okay. Awesome. And with uh, how how and when did uh, your company uh, Wicked Pixel Cinema start? Well, the the uh, the first quote unquote professional movie that I made was Savage Harvest, and I heavily emphasize the words quote around the word professional there uh that, and that was uh wicked pixel cinema didn't exist at that time that was just the first movie that i made where there was it, it was being made without um it was being made knowing that more than just my friends and family would be seeing it it was made with you know having struck a deal with a distributor and dealing with contracts and all that kind of stuff and uh that was my first, I guess, my first step down the path of doing it on a professional level. And after that movie came out, I guess there was just this momentum to keep going. So then it was like um, forming a company that you could kind of like use to place an umbrella over these movies that seemed like a, the next logical step, I guess. So we we made Savage Harvest and then formed uh, Wicked Pixel Cinema, and then the first title that we produced under that banner was Ice from the Sun. 
Okay, and yeah, you um, you were uh, touching on a uh, savage harvest. That leads into the next question. Um, I uh, I was a big. I personally uh, really like Savage Harvest. Um, was really pleasantly surprised, and you know I'm just uh, a huge, huge fan in lower budget gore films, and um, it gave me a you know, a big uh, like Sam Raimi Evil Dead vibes kind of, and um, I you know aside from the gore, I really, really like the plot of it as well. I thought it was really interesting, and um, I was wondering what inspired the film uh, Savage Harvest, and uh, how was the general, the general uh, reception upon its release. Well, the, I mean, you, you bring up Evil Dead. That was, at that time, uh, I, I didn't have a lot of experience as a filmmaker. I didn't have much of a voice as a filmmaker. And going into Savage Harvest, it was about uh, making a movie that was, you know, kind of cut from the same cloth as another film that I very much enjoyed, which was Evil Dead. So I kind of was going into it with the attitude of, I'm going to make, you know, my Evil Dead type of thing and I knew that you know I wanted it to be gory and I knew I wanted it to have interesting camera work and that kind of stuff and it, it was more about can, can I make a movie that comes close to looking and feeling like uh, a film that I greatly admired and uh, you know we kind of just launched into it full force with that attitude and uh, you know, it was a, a great experience. I, I uh, not only learned a lot about filmmaking, making that movie, but it also, you know, pushed me into feeling like, okay, you got to, after Savage Harvest, you got to start finding your own voice and start, start doing things that aren't just mimicking other movies that you like, that you should try to make movies that are, that you can get passionate about. And I was passionate about Savage Harvest. I, uh, you know, in my, I was, 21 i think when we made that movie and i you know i poured my guts into that thing i tried very very hard to make the best movie that i could but i think on the other side of that you go okay there's so much work and so much passion and so much time and so much sleep deprivation that goes into this process that you want to make something that is more that you're more passionate about on a personal level so there's all kinds of growth that came as a result of savage harvest uh, and then when it was released, the uh, initial reception to the movie was uh, pretty bad, actually. And, you know, that was a, a good, that was a positive experience in its own way, because it, a lot of people would make their, their first movie and then they'd get a bunch of bad reviews and then they'd say, well, forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. This is bullshit. But I was kind of, I just found myself inspired to do the next thing like eager to do the next thing so that i could improve upon uh you know make, basically learn from my mistakes and like prove to myself that i could do a better job so the the negative reviews actually poured fuel on the fire as opposed to you know squashing my dreams and all that stuff and it's been cool over the years because it's i've seen a lot of people you know, posting about Savage Harvest, I've had people tell me that the, how much they like Savage Harvest, and I recognize that it has its its own little cult following now, which is really nice, especially after seeing it come out and seeing it get really terrible reviews. I mean, it wasn't across the board terrible reviews, but it was. I think there were more bad reviews than good reviews mm. when it first came out. But it's it's nice to 
to see that it has a, a life of its own and that there are people out there who, who really like it. I, I have a hard time watching it because I'm, you know, that was the 21 year old version of me and I've gained a lot of experience since then. And I cringe if I see the movie today, but I have to recognize, well, it's out there and people are, have access to it. And if people want to embrace it and enjoy it, then I, I have nothing to say about that. It's, it's their movie now. Yeah, well, I like I said, I I, you know, I definitely enjoyed that one. Um, the first film of yours though that I saw was Scrapbook, and um, when I saw your film Ice from the Sun, uh, the first thing I kind of noticed was uh, your versatility as a filmmaker. Um, while I really enjoyed both films and thought they were great, um, I thought it was interesting how how they kind of sat in those two separate subgenres, um, and that's a trend I noticed with uh, your films in general is kind of the originality. Um, I was wondering if you could explain a little bit how uh, Ice from the Sun uh, started and uh, some of its influences. Well, because I was coming off of Savage Harvest and really wanting to, to you know, find my voice as a filmmaker and, and, and make some, start making things that were more passionate, that I was more personally passionate about. It was, Ice from the Sun was more about just trying as many different things as I could and getting as experimental as I could and just really throwing everything against the wall that I could to see what would stick. And from a writing standpoint, from the way that it was shot, from all the way to the way it was edited, it was like, I really embraced the idea of anything goes with this movie. Uh, a big, I guess, something that helped tremendously with that was that we shot that on super eight film which had its its specific limitations <clears throat> in terms of the look of the the movie and you know there was it's there was always the the risk that you know a role could come back scratched up or something like that and instead of trying to make like my version of a bigger budgeted film but make it on super eight and try to get away with it. It was more about embracing the limitations of Super 8 film and, and letting that those limitations add to the experimental uh, experience of making that movie. So uh, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like with Ice from the Sun where it didn't work because the idea was try anything, you know, anything goes with this movie. And then there's a lot of stuff that, I'm, that I am proud of that I think did work with that movie and it was it was very uh helpful in terms of my figuring out what i was most interested in in, in terms of making movies awesome and then uh, a year following after uh the release of uh, ice from the sun was a uh, release of scrapbook which um is a really well-known uh it's a gem in the underground and extreme horror community and um, as I mentioned, it's the first film of yours that I saw. And also, to my knowledge, um, is when Emily Hack kind of jumped on board Wicked Pixel and started mm -hmm. working with you guys. And I was wondering also, um, due to some of the graphic material in Scrapbook, um, if you got any harsh backlash or criticisms. Uh, <clears throat> yes. When it was initially released, there were people... You know, there, I saw reviews of the movie where people said that they didn't even watch it to the end of the film. They just watched it to like the halfway point and shut it off. And then I'm thinking, well, why'd you write a review of this if you didn't even watch it to the end? Right. Uh, and then there were people who were 
you know, critical of me saying that I was, uh, you know, in making a movie that was anti-woman. Uh, these people, I guess, didn't watch it to the end to see how the female lead overcomes her captor by using her her wits and ingenuity. Uh, but, you know, I wasn't thinking about any of these things specifically when we were making it. It was just... It, it wasn't about, am I going to attract controversy and am I, am I going to invite that? And it wasn't about uh, thinking, oh shit, what do I do to avoid controversy because we're making this, this controversial film? What, do I, what should I do if I should do anything to you know, keep the controversy minimized? It was, I, I really wasn't thinking about any of that when we were making it. It was just, this is the movie that we're making, so let's try to make it as as best we can and and do our jobs and uh so yeah there was some controversy that you know some people took some swipes at me when the movie came out but uh since then it kind of like left the arena where more people's eyes are on it and it kind of then shifted into horror fans who appreciate that kind of movie rec recommending scrapbook to other horror fans who appreciate that kind of movie so the the controversial aspect and the the i guess venom that has subsided over the years okay awesome and um one of your uh, most well-known films uh, is uh, deadwood park and it has a bit of a different style than some of your other films and it has kind of a really nice atmospheric uh, slow burn route and um one thing that really stood out was the originality of the story. When you know, when the climax comes and things start to kind of connect, I I absolutely love that. And I was wondering how how uh, Deadwood Park started. With Deadwood Park, I, you know, I mentioned Mario Bava <clears throat> earlier, and I I just like those kind of like '60s and '70s atmosphere-driven horror movies. I like all kinds of horror movies, but that that's one type of horror film that I very much enjoy as a fan. And around the time that we were making Deva Park, that was just what I wanted to try was can 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 I make something that feels like that sixties or seventies atmosphere driven uh horror film. And you know, I was definitely feeling like can I make something that feels like a Mario Bava film? that was kind of how it started and then like with my other movies it was then about kind of plugging in the other things that i was interested in exploring you know things that i just find interesting things that will keep me hooked into the movie throughout the lengthy production and then post-production process so it's like i have an interest in world war ii history i have an interest in you know amusement parks and old roller coasters and that kind of stuff so it's like you just start plugging in these things that that as a person you feel attracted to and kind of you know glue those to the original uh, inspiration for making the movie in the first place in an attempt to keep it as you know for me it was an attempt to keep it as interesting as possible throughout the entire production and post-production uh, process so that's that's kind of how it started and then you know that's why you get the the world war ii stuff and the amusement park stuff in there it's just what are the things that interest me and how can i work them into the film awesome and yeah and on that topic of uh 
of uh, some World War II stuff, um, you guys were kind enough to send me some screeners of some of the Wicked Pixel films that I have not yet seen. And, um, the first one, yeah, the first, first one that I watched was uh, Ratline. And um, I loved how, I mean, it's not an anthology at all, but I love how the film starts with slightly separate stories that all kind of fall into place. And I was wondering if you could talk uh, again a little bit about how uh, that project started and some of the general reception to Ratline. Uh, Jason Christ and I wrote that one together, and Jason had some uh, sort of like little snippets of story ideas and not not enough to where you could put it together and make a feature film out of it, just little bits and pieces. And we kind of like were interested in those bits and pieces, let them kind of like sit over to the side. And then again, I just started putting together ideas based on what I found interesting. You know, I again went back to the World War II history thing. And in this, you know, in Deadwood Park, it was uh, we were seeing things from the side of the Allies. So I thought, well, let's go over and see things from the the German side on 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 Ratline. And I was interested in this concept of, you know, were the Nazis experimenting with the occult in an attempt to win the war? You know, these things are just interesting to me, uh, both as a World War II history fan and a, uh, a horror movie fan. So I kind of wanted to, I had this, this concept of making kind of like a crime thriller set around Nazi uh, occult experimentation. And as that started to kind of solidify, it was like these bits and pieces that, that Jason had come up with. They fit very easily into what I was developing. So then Jason and I did that, you know, basically combined all of those things. And it worked out really well because one, I, I really enjoy writing with Jason. That was a, a great experience writing Ratline with him and then making the movie with him. But also it, it does kind of give it that, quasi-anthology vibe where you feel like you're in different stories for the first part of the movie and then the pieces all kind of like tie together about the halfway point uh which i think makes the the story more intriguing awesome yeah that was um that was another one I, I really, really enjoyed. I was really pleasantly pleasantly uh, surprised with. And uh, one of the other films that I was sent in recently was um, Jeff Wedding's uh, Tennessee Gothic. And um, that had me laughing my ass off the whole time. And I was wondering how you got involved as a director of photography uh, for that film. Well, um, years and years ago, uh, Jeff Wedding, he, had, he did a movie called A Measure of the Sin. and he he had been a fan of my films for you know a long period of time before he contacted me he contacted me out of the blue and said hey i finished this movie called a measure of the sin would you take a look at it and give me your feedback and i said sure of course and so he sent me a measure of the sun and i really liked it I, I i immediately recognized jeff wedding as a standout talent uh at the time that he sent that i was uh, a writer for fearnet.com and I didn't do a lot of reviews, but I went ahead and did a review of a measure of the sin because I liked it so much and wanted to give it a little more, you know, get a few more eyes on it uh, because I just thought that movie deserved 
to be seen. Uh, and so J Jeff and I just kind of like started a friendship up and stayed in off and on contact for a while after that. And when In Memory Of came along when we were preparing for that film, I basically just reached out to Jeff and said, hey, I, you know, we're, we're making uh, this new movie called In Memory Of. Do you want to come up and work on it? Because he's down in Nashville and we were producing that movie in uh, St. Louis. And uh, I asked him to participate and he came up and he functioned as my assistant director on In Memory Of. And that was, you know, he did a, an amazing job as my AD on that that movie. His uh, contributions to the production were tremendous, but it was also, you know, a good let's get to know each other better because I had never met Jeff in person until he showed up on my set to for the shooting of In Memory of. Uh, so you know, he did a, an amazing job on In Memory of as my AD, and he, uh, you know, and we just got got to know each other better. Uh, and realized more how much we were sort of kindred spirits in terms of filmmakers and film fans and that sort of thing. So when uh, Tennessee Gothic was uh, getting getting ready to happen, he reached out to me about that and asked if I would be interested in uh, DPing that movie. <clears throat> and initially I was just kind of like, well, why would you want to hire me as your DP? Because that's not something that I normally go off and do is DP other people's movies. Uh, but, you know, I, I wanted to work on that movie and I, I wanted to support him and what he was doing because I thought he was a standout talent. And so we just talked about it and, and he told me why he, he had an interest in my being the director of photography for it and eventually we uh you know came to the conclusion that that i will be on set and doing that job and it was a a, a very positive experience and it was really cool to you know see a filmmaker who I, whose work past work i admired so much uh you you get on set with that person and through the communication in terms of how we're going to shoot it how we're going to cover the scene and that scene and everything it's like being part of the process with that person and recognizing um you know just how talented they are and how passionate they are about the work that they're doing uh that all of it just combined into a, a very positive experience and i i very much hope that i get to work with uh, jeff in some capacity again in the in the future awesome and that um kind of touched on uh, what I was going to get to next here, which is a uh, latest film um, in memory of, and uh, it's a complete mind trip. It's a completely trippy movie, and I've seen it compared to films such as Jacob's Ladder. And I was wondering if you uh, drew some inspiration maybe from Jacob's Ladder for that film, and also how you ended up working um, with independent filmmaker Adam Albrant on the project. Uh, well, this actually the initial inspiration for in memory of was I, again I'm wanting to do something that just intrigued me and it's something that I knew would keep me hooked into the movie through the lengthy production and post-production process what am I what am I going to get excited about and stay excited about and what I wanted to do was uh, a road trip film and that that was the beginning of it and I knew I wanted it to be weird and I knew I wanted it to be you know not your standard uh 
road trip film. I wanted it to be combined with horror elements. And I know that early discussions with Jason and developing the story, it was we were going to try to incorporate a lot of Cronenberg stuff in there. You know, Cronenberg inspired kind of sci-fi horror movie stuff. And, uh, you know, that was that I was looking at movies like Vanishing Point and Tulane Blacktop, you know, road trip films first and then kind of plugging in the the weirder stuff. Uh, and the weirder stuff came as a result of Jason and I talking about, uh, you know, people we were we got into these discussions about older folks losing their ability to access memories. You know, both of us had experience with people in our family who reached a certain age and they couldn't access their memories anymore. My grandmother, uh, she had, uh, I'm not sure what the specific medical thing was, but she couldn't remember more than five or 10 minutes ago. So you could have a conversation with her, but you'd in 10 minutes, you'd have to remind her who you were type of thing. But it was intriguing to me that she still seemed like my grandmother. She still had the same sense of humor. She still seemed like she had the same personality and all that kind of stuff. So Jason and I just kind of got the talking about, well, if you lose your memories, does that, how does that change you as a person? And what horrifies us about that? What disturbs us about that? And those concepts, we didn't want to make a movie specifically about that. We didn't want to make a movie about, you know, why, why can't, grandma remember Billy's name type of thing. We just kind of wanted to get into the philosophical discussions and then use that as inspiration to uh, plug these themes into this road trip film that was being uh, developed. And the result after all, you know, we, we came up, Jason then finally went away and he did maybe a 10 page story treatment that kind of brought things into focus. And then I, expanded that to like a 20 page treatment that added more detail and kind of uh you know gave it a little more of a beginning and a middle and an end and then jackie kelly came into the scenario when the three of us wrote the screenplay together and um, you know so all that that whole strange journey that kind of it was it was not the typical, hey, I've got an idea for a, a horror movie, and then you sit down and start writing it. It was this kind of odd path that we walked in in creating that film, which was really cool and very fulfilling. Uh, and then you asked about Adam Albrandt. Uh, yes. He, uh, I remember back in pre-production for that movie when we were starting to think about casting, you know, he's he was pretty well known at the time as a horror film director making uh, low budget horror movies, not really very well known as an actor. And he posted something. Uh, it was like a clip from a movie that he directed that I don't think actually ever came out. I'm not sure what the what the end result of that story was but he posted this this clip from this thing that he was working on and he was an actor in the clip who he directed it and he was one of the actors in the clip and i just remember watching the clip and thinking that one he was a good actor and two he was just you know not just intriguing but he seemed to fit um 
one of the, you know, the character that he ended up playing and in memory of, and I didn't, you know, I had never talked to him. I'd never, I had no, you know, we weren't buddies. We weren't, we didn't run in the same circles or anything like that. We had never actually, you know, spoken to each other or anything like that. And I contacted him and I said, Hey, I want to talk to you about playing a part in a film that I'm developing. Can I get you on the phone for a minute and discuss it? And he said, sure. And I got, when I got him on the phone, he was like, he told me that he'd been a fan of my movies for years and whatever I wanted, he would be there and just tell, you know, say when and where, and he would show up. And so it was like the easiest thing in the world to, to, uh, bring him aboard. And, uh, he was actually the first person who was cast in, in memory of, and then we started filling in all of the others after that. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, uh, Adam Albrand has, uh, made some um some really good uh horror movies for sure he is uh i think he's not doing much of it currently but, but yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of of a lot of his work so yeah it's really cool to see him in there and and yeah it is surprising um he uh he is quite the actor too and it, it really shows yeah he i mean and also he was he he was a joy to work with you know i think that it, i think that at the time he was kind of pushing a, an online persona that was kind of like, you know, a lot of like, yeah, you know, hail Satan and all this kind of stuff and kind of like pushing his, uh, his brand as being, uh, you know, the, the dark sinister one. And, uh, he comes, he comes to set and he shows up to, to do in memory of and working with Adam was just like a complete joy. He was just so easy to work with and he was fun to work with. And he was very, very passionate about, you know, the part that he was playing and he was passionate about the, the movie that we were making in general. Um, so, I mean, I, I had a completely positive experience working with Adam. It was a lot of fun and he did a, a, a really good job for us. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Adam's, uh, I've spoken to him a few times before. He's definitely a real cool real uh, real nice guy really bad guy very and um, the next question i have for you here is uh do you have a film in your filmography that maybe you're most proud of uh the the film that i'm most proud of is in memory of and i i think that uh part of that is just it was it, it was not just an accumulation of you know 25 years of filmmaking and you get to put in everything all the mis you know the lessons learned from all the mistakes that you've made and just also feeling like you're feeling very short-footed because you've been doing it for a long time it's like i felt good as a filmmaker making that movie more so than i have in the past but that that's just that's how it should be if you're doing it right so the next movie I make should be, I should feel even more sure-footed and I should be, you know, more experienced and have more uh, tools in the toolkit and whatnot. Uh, but it was also a, a, uh, an accumulation of, I don't know how to phrase it, I just, I attracted a, a, a casting crew who were phenomenal and I was very lucky to have all of these people come in and and collaborate with me uh it was i've always had i've always had you know 
high praise for my my collaborators for my cast and crew but it, it just it it was the best that it had ever been in terms of all of my collaborators on in memory of it was the the best uh, group of people that i had ever worked with on a on a movie so it wasn't just okay i feel experienced and i feel sure-footed and i am drawing on you know years of experience to make this movie and so i feel like all right we're in a good place to make something good i just was working with very high quality people and you know jason was phenomenal phenomenal to work with and i'd worked with jeremy wallace many times as a producer and he was great to work with and so many other people had come from other from the past films to come back and work on in memory of but then we had you know new crew members who were outstanding and then we had Jackie Kelly, who she had was a film student at the time that she joined the project, and uh, she had never starred in a movie, and she hadn't actually, I don't think at that time, she had done anything that had been, like, actually released. And so we, you know, that was a roll of the dice to a degree, but, um, she, you know, she knocked it out of the park, and the movie rests on her shoulders in terms of the cast, and so we were very lucky that we had somebody who could come in and do the heavy lifting that she did as a, as an actor on that, on that film. And because she, you know, she's passionate about the entire filmmaking process. She went, she has a, a degree in screenwriting. And uh, so you would think that she would be more, she would lean more towards the behind the scenes stuff, but uh, you know, she came in and acted out of the park as the lead actor in the movie, but she also was uh, a, a huge uh, benefit to the production behind the scenes as working as a producer and one of the, the co-writers on the picture as well. So all all across the board, the new people who, who joined in on that movie and then the people who had worked with on multiple films in the past, everybody just was pulling in the same direction and, and uh, was lucky to have them and uh, you know as a result all of those things combined I'm most proud of in memory of but hopefully that means that the trend will continue and I will always be pr most proud of the most recent movie that I've made. Awesome and yeah I never would have guessed that that was uh that that was one of uh Jackie's first roles I think she really knocked it out of the park I you know I never never would have guessed that. Yeah, I mean, she it it was interesting uh, the way because when she the way she joined the production was she just emailed me out of the blue and wanted an internship on the next film that I made and she was assuming that would be like a you know a PA position, um, but I'm really interested in harnessing people's strengths and their passions and I knew that she was you know I knew that she was getting a degree in screenwriting at the time. And I kind of felt like, well, you know, why bring somebody on to you know, on a very low budget movie when uh, resources are limited, money's re limited. You get to kind of like search anywhere and everywhere to find what you can find to bring something positive to the film and what you can find in the people that you're working with, uh, who, you know, the things that they can bring that will be positive to the film. And it, it, I guess it just didn't kind of, it didn't make sense to say, okay, you're getting a degree in screenwriting. You're obviously very passionate and about the craft. So let's have you serve coffee. It was like, well, 
now that Jason and I have this uh, story treatment, it was just like, like uh, it, it made sense at the time to say, do you want to uh, co-write the screenplay with us? And let's just try it and see what happens. And it was only after that that she joined, you know, after we asked her to do that, after she joined on as a screenwriter, uh, I learned that she had been acting for years, mostly in live theater, but then she showed me a short film that she made with her brother, uh, you know, maybe a year or so before I met her for the first time. And she acted in this short film that she made with her brother. And I watched that short film and I thought, okay, so she's actually a really good actor too. And as the writing of In Memory of progressed, it just kind of like kept creeping closer and closer to the forefront that we should consider Jackie for the lead. And so it all just kind of, it all just happened organically. It all just kind of like fell into place piece by piece by piece. And that's how we ended up with, you know, Jackie playing the lead, even, even though she had not been in anything before that. And, um, you know, we were, we were lucky that it all turned out that way because like I said, she carries the movie and she does it incredibly well. Yeah, definitely. It's awesome. And, uh, the next uh, question I had up for you is, uh, what's, uh, what does the future hold for, uh, a wicked pixel cinema? Uh, I'm sure that when all of this, uh, pandemic stuff, starts to drift away i'm sure plans for what comes after that will start to solidify um but i we actually are currently working on our next feature film it's not like uh it's in development or we're planning ahead for it we're actually in the thick of it right now uh we just didn't want to kind of we, we we've all taken kind of an oath of secrecy with it so i can't uh talk about it but we yeah. all had this uh idea that we, we would just kind of avoid the distraction of endlessly promoting it while we're making it and uh just make the movie and see how that sits with us so we've actually been working on it for a while and we're going to be working on it for uh, quite a while into the into the future but we are in the midst of of our next feature film as we speak so that's I, I think i think perhaps i have just given you more details than i've ever given anybody about it so <laughs> awesome thank you i appreciate that i'm definitely uh, excited for that and we'll definitely keep an eye out and uh, the last but not least question here that i have for you um for maybe people who are unfamiliar with us uh, some of your work where can they purchase your stuff at uh, the the probably the best place to go is uh, wickedpixel.com. Uh, we've got a web store there where we've got all of our uh, movies for sale and a bunch of other stuff. So you know you can, you can not only go to wickedpixel.com to support us with a purchase, but you can also go there to keep track of you know what is happening in the world of Wicked Pixel Cinema. Uh, and then if you're if uh, if you're more devoted to other places, I know that I, th I think all of our movies are on physical media or streaming on Amazon. Uh, I think you can get like scrapbook on DVD at, at, 
at, at Amazon. It's not scrapbook is not streaming on Amazon because scrapbook was banned by Amazon streaming, so you can't stream it. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's like our website is is probably the best if you're not if you're if you're more comfortable with uh, Amazon, you can go there. And then there are a handful of other places around the internet where you can find our movies like Diabolic DVD and uh, trying to. Th- trying to think of, you, you can hunt around for it i think there are other smaller websites that sell uh this kind of stuff that you can find it but i would uh, heavily encourage everyone who wants to check out our stuff to go to wikipixel.com and see what we have to offer and what we've been doing for the past 25 30 years cool thank you I, you know i really want to um say thank you for taking the time and um answering some of these questions that i had well, I, I appreciate your interest in the movies, and I, I thank you for reaching out and asking me to take part in this. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you.